Hello. Hi. Welcome back, everyone. How are we all doing? Different because we're in a different place. We're in the podcast. We're in the podcast. The studio, if you will. Um, it's right now. Shall I edit in some like, yay? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) It's nine a.m. Good morning. Um, yeah, we're back. It's the first day back. College, school, whatever. Um, and we're here, and we're here early. So we all because we're sad people who come in at nine o'clock for our twelve thirty lesson, just so we well, can I, film. I'm this. supposed to be in at eleven. I'm meant to be in at twelve thirty. I could be in bed right now. Yeah, so trying. Anyway, we're here because we wanted to bring you guys some murders. Um, Not like here's a murder. <laughs> we're just so nice. Oh, my flapjack! I'm giving April a flapjack. Oh my god, shall I do a flapjack review? Yeah. It's not nice, that's why I'm not eating it. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm not just being nice to you. Basically, April hasn't eaten, so because i was under the impression that lenny and caroline who owned the tram stop outside college would come through they didn't they're not here and now i'm sad when it's light i eat at night she's a vampire it gets to 3 a.m and i'm like oh my god there you go some flapjack things um anyway so welcome back i will tell you April. Can you move that away from the microphone? Two seconds. I'm turning it off. Wait, no. I'm going to take a bite. Are you ready? Okay. Why does it taste like milk? Doesn't it taste like shit? <laughs> it's like off milk. It's not good. Okay. I wasn't just doing it altruistically. I was doing it because I don't like them. I thought she'd be nice to me for once, but no. no. It, was, it was very self-serving. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're back and we're going to talk to you about some things and yeah um it's nice to be back right i am very happy to be back i feel more in the vibe of a podcast Mm, yeah i don't mean back in college because that's not great but back in here no it's nice because doing it over zoom we never had the same um kind of feeling as we did Mm. in here i couldn't see you right and also wi-fi yeah it was always awful so now that doesn't really matter at all so yeah yay the podcast just gonna start getting better. The audio is gonna be better, but it is kind of sad that you guys don't get to see. Basically, so the mini episode that we filmed that was two hours long, um, that one, I'm gonna bring my laptop in, maybe tomorrow at some point this week, and we can have a look at it because I edited all of it and it's it's good, um, but it just wouldn't, it just didn't download very well and it was all corrupt and crashed. And Why everything. don't you? Because we did the other editing on iMovie. I might just edit it again on iMovie. Yeah, why don't you just like put it on? Because we have a sh- we have a shared OneDrive. Yeah, I'll put another OneDrive and then so we'll do that. So yeah, that's what's happening. Um, but you'll never get to see my backgrounds. Sars. Mm. Right, should we just get straight into the murder? Oh my god, wait! You 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 had two backgrounds and that was it. I know. Ah! I know. All right, let's go. Are we not gonna? Have a discussion like, how was your lockdown? Not your weekend, oh, your fucking lockdown. fucking lockdown. It was nice, you know. I, I'm not. Um, <coughs> um, I don't mind lockdown. I like my bed. I like my room. Yeah. I like to be inside and have an excuse not to go outside or talk mm. to anyone. So that was nice. How was yours? Um, I'm eating flapjack. Hold on. <laughs> God. Um, mine was fine. I like my bed. I like. Just to vibe on my own, but I hated doing online school. Oh, it was awful. Mainly because I just wasn't in the mindset to do it because I was sat on my bed. In all fairness, I'm not in the mindset when we're here, so I don't know how that yeah. translates. But 
Um, I hope you're all doing well and not, you know, not doing well. <laughs> I did spend most of my lockdown, all of my lockdown watching WandaVision. <laughs> but, you know, we got to see each other. We went for a COVID yeah, test. Yeah, we went for a COVID test together. Yeah, so. And I fed her sushi and she didn't I like didn't like sushi. it. Did not like it. She's like, oh, can I try your vegetable sushi? And I was like, sure you can. And I fed it her and she just went, that's rank. <laughs> I was like, it's in my mouth now. Oh. Do you want these instead? No, they're fine. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You've been a fucking pussy about it before. I wasn't being a pussy. I'm never a pussy. Nobody. I just get pussy. Do you want... I don't, well, I don't get pussy. Do you want these? No. No, I'm fine with well, these. I'm going to put them there just in case you change your mind. At least it's not doing the... So thing. you're going to do it for it? <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's talk about murder before we can't talk about murder anymore. <laughs> Five past nine. I mean, no, because that's what we did um, in the mini in the Valentine's Day episode. We were just like, Evan Peters. <laughs> Someone just needs to shut us up. Right, you're first. I love Evan Peters. Go ahead. Okay, so just before we get into it, a little trigger warning. My murder, <laughs> the murder I did Hers. is, um, it's about a child, so if you, if you, like, don't like child murderers. I'm never gonna. Not child. Ch- she's not a child murderer. I'm never gonna do children. I should hope. No, not only you know what on. I mean. I will never ever do a murder that involves children. I just found this one really interesting. I'll do child murderers. Like, yeah. Well, I did my article on Mary Bell, and that was fun. Mm. Never, never, never again. Yeah, again tomorrow. <laughs> right now. Okay. So my. Murder is the murder of Judith Barsey. Why did I say that so much? Barsey. So Judith is... Did you just lick the, the wire? No. <laughs> <coughs> all right, all right, all right. That was a fake cough. The light just went out outside. I hate it when it does that. So Judith Eva Barsi was born in Los Angeles, California <coughs> on the 6th of June, 1978. I've not got... Leave me alone. No, it's because <laughs> you just keep coughing. You just keep doing it. I'm just Googling who you're talking about so I can okay. picture it. So Judith Eva Barsi was born in Los Angeles, California on June 6, 1978. Her parents, Joseph... Istvan Barsi and Maria Virovac. I hope I said that right. Apologies if you not. Didn't. <laughs> I definitely didn't. Were Hungarian immigrants. So Judith, just for context, is best known for playing Anne Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven, uh, which was her last film. And it was released after her death. Um, she died in 1988. It was released in 1989. Ducky in the Land Before Time, which was also released after her death, but I think like a few months because that was also 1988. Okay. And Thea Brody in Jaws, The Revenge. So when you want to get revenge on your orthodontist. <laughs> April's got you hooked up. Ew. <laughs> that was such a little, like... <laughs> Come on. Are you eating the flapjack? <laughs> I was eating the flapjack, yes. Okay. 
do this anymore. We could do it when we weren't friends, but now I don't think so. Now we're basically a married couple. I don't know how it's gonna work. <laughs> I still um, have us down as lesbian dad and Phil. Okay. You won't get that because you've not seen the mini episode. <laughs> or you might have seen it. No. You probably won't have seen it. Go on. Okay. So. Wait, I'm gonna into my bag. <laughs> Mom Maria was Mom like. Maria. <laughs> I got your picture. I'm coming with you. All right. Dear Maria. Yeah. Oh, I love all the time. Mom. My nan's called Maria. Is there a story at the bottom of the bottle when I'm the pen? Make it count. Stop! <laughs> Pray I just stop. Give I, me the vape. I have a problem. You have many. April's <laughs> eating. Just give him a minute. I'm gonna put this in bloopers. <laughs> Every right. episode, I make like a bloopers thing and I just forget about <gasps> the it. Bloopers! You can do that while I'm in maths. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm giving you jobs. <laughs> That's honey, what you're gonna do while honey, I'm not. How you thrill me, uh -huh. Uh -huh. honey, honey. So her mother Maria was a momager, and from the age of five, Judith was aggressively pushed towards stardom by Maria. Judith was. I'm sorry, that was so gross. I'm not even eating and I'm making eating noises. <laughs> Judith was a momager. No. <laughs> April doesn't know the story that she brought. You wrote this out, right? You read it at least once. Mine's really long as well. I'm not going to make it to maths today. <laughs> Mine's quite short, actually. So... Judith was a naturally <laughs> <laughs> Just like you're naturally good at this, so I see. I'm perfect for podcasting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take a minute and compose yourself, you dickhead. <laughs> she was her own mother and her own manager. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> Judith was a naturally gifted actress and would appear in over 70 commercials during her career as well as many TV shows and films. Like I said, Old Dogs to Put to Heaven, Draws, The Land Before Time. My brother actually loves The Land Before Time. Really? Mm-hmm. Good to know. <laughs> Just a little insight. Mm. I think she was in like, you know the peanut, is it peanut butter, like Jif in America? Oh, and yeah, I know what you're on about. I just, I'm not very responsive in the morning. <laughs> she just looked at me blank and I was like, in, in America? <laughs> <coughs> Don Bluff, oh, um, the director of All Dogs Go to Heaven, praised her as being absolutely astonishing and actually intended to feature her prominently in his um, future productions. And also, um, she was really successful in playing like kid characters. Mm, well, obviously, but like younger than her because she was quite small for her age. Right, so like when 20 year olds play teenagers. <laughs> yeah, but like. When, like, Cole Sprouse plays, like, Jughead on Riverdale. I know he's, like, 25. Mm. But Judith, I think she's, like, eight, and she could pass as, like, a five-year-old. So, <clears throat> by the time Judith has started fourth grade, which is year five in the UK, she <clears throat> she was earning an estimated $100,000 a year. Whoa. 
Whoa. Which, I mean, in the 80s is a lot mm-hmm. as well. Especially for a 10-year-old. I mean, it's more than we're making. <laughs> it's more than I make, and I make nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, and it allowed her family to live a lavish lifestyle in California. Um, but instead of being proud of Judith, Joseph, her father, resented Judith's success and close relationship with Maria. I think we've seen this before. Where Joseph was an abusive alcoholic, and during his alcohol-induced rages, he would routinely threaten to kill himself, Maria, and Judith, and burn the house down. Nice. Making sure they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. He's very thorough. He had had this down. Yeah. So Joseph's verbal abuse obviously then escalated to physical, (laughs) and after... (laughs) Sorry, it's boring. (laughs) Mm, it's it's leading to physical. It's, cold, it's really cold. You have your jacket off. It's freezing. Just let me take everything <laughs> off. <laughs> I make mouth noises. <clears throat> After one particularly violent incident, Maria called the police and claimed her husband had punched and choked her. However, by the time the police showed up, she asked that they drop the matter and the police agreed since there's no visible evidence of abuse on Marie's face. But the the abuse eventually got to Judith and she began gaining weight and showing disturbing behaviour like pulling out her eyelashes and she actually pulled out one of her cat's whiskers. And in 1988, Judith had a mental breakdown in front of her agent while auditioning for Old Dogs Go to Heaven, which, like I said, was her final film. I need a drink. Because that's why I'm coughing, because I haven't had a drink. I'll give you some, but you have COVID. Her agent listed in horror... She didn't list it. Mm. She list- her agent listened in horror to a hysterical Judah as she described some of her father's abuse. Her agent then took her to a child psychologist who determined that Judith was a victim of severe child abuse. And I mean, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, well done. My dad's abusive, you're a victim of child abuse. <laughs> that's what that means. It's all so clear now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, psychiatrist. <laughs> CPS, or Child Protective Services, mm. were obviously now involved, but Maria convinced the caseworker that she had everything under control. Maria promised to leave Joseph, explaining that she already had a secret apartment where she and Judith would sometimes go to get a respite from him. And I mean, just divorce him. Divorce well, him, babes. But, um, I mean, I hate people who are always like, why didn't you leave didn't you an abusive leave? relationship? Because it's not that easy, you dick. Just, you already have the apartment, just leave. <laughs> Maria's friend begged her to leave Joseph, which like I said, is not that fucking easy, love. <laughs> um, the friend, Their friends and neighbors were too familiar with the never ending cycle of abuse in the Barsi household. And one neighbor claimed that Joseph had boasted over 500 times that he planned to kill his wife. I mean, are you, are you keeping a tally? Of him being like, today, Joseph said he's <laughs> going to kill Maria. 513. But if, if he's boasted it that much and, you, and you're keeping yeah. count. Let's try help. 911. Yeah, do what he's supposed to do. Be a decent human being. No, try. Uh, Maria chose to stay. Okay, yeah, I as, saw that coming. As they always do. Which. Not their fault. Yeah. I don't blame them. On July 25th, 1988, Judith spent the last day of her life riding a bicycle around her neighbourhood. Having fun. That's oh. what I do all the time. Oh my god. Um, it's worth noting as well that she had like a spring. This is like. I watched Ellen O'Neill cover this. Mm-hmm. 
So if you want like more in depth, yeah, go to her on YouTube. Shout out. Um, but I think they had like a spring clean. They were like playing, like her and like kids, because she was a ten year old. Um, this isn't the day that she died, but um, and like her friends saw like her dad be like, meh, 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 like abusive and stuff, and they were actually scared of her dad and they didn't want to play with her anymore. I don't think so. Um, later that night, Joseph walked into Judith's bedroom, placed a gun to her head, and pulled the trigger. Maria heard the gunshot and immediately ran to Judith's room. Joseph then shot his wife. After leaving the bodies where they were for two days, Jesus. he poured gasoline over the bodies, set them on fire before shooting himself. So he did what he said he was yeah. going to do. And he, everyone knew. Everyone knew what was coming. And no one did anything to stop it. I mean, I do not blame Maria because abusive relationships either. are yeah. terrible to get out of. But instead of kind of blame the people around her. Yeah, but instead of begging her to leave Joseph, if you know it's bad, then get her out. Get her out yourself, because that's the only way she could have got out of that. Um, A neighbor who heard the final gunshot called the police, and another neighbor who saw the smoke called the fire station. Joseph made good on his threats to destroy his family and home. The bodies were burned beyond recognition, and police openly wept as they carried Judas' body out of the house. Um, it's worth noting that uh, Judith's first role was in the 1984 TV miniseries Fatal Vision um, and she played the daughter of a US Army officer who murders his wife and daughters and it's based on a real life case and obviously foreshadowed everything. But a weird thing, not about the murder. <laughs> just a weird thing, just, just a weird the thing, uh, toes. <laughs> um, people who live in the house that it all happened in, claim that it's haunted. Oh, it will be, obviously. Well, obviously, but they might, the ghosts might have been like, nah, I don't want to stay here. I don't know, mm. I don't yeah, know ghost business. Yeah, but sometimes they're trapped to the land. Yeah. Um, so they moved in like 19 years ago, I think. It might be like 20 or something. It but could like, be 19. It could be 19, 30, it could be 100, but be. they moved in 19 years ago and began to feel a dark presence around them. This is from the sun, so it might be bullshit. Might be. But I do know that they claim it's haunted, but it's parts of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, they discovered what had happened to Judith after claiming it was haunted, mm. or at least they say that they discovered right. it after. Um, and starts being. Did you? Was that you? That was me. <laughs> it's Judith. <laughs> um, so they started to have strange things happen. Um, the garage door would open and close by itself. That was me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and they could feel like cold spots around the house. And um, one of the kids, one of them slept in the same bedroom where she was murdered and they, they had horrific nightmares. Well, yeah. Um... So that's Judith going into their brain and being like, Ooh. Harmony. <laughs> that was all. The elements of harmony. But how, how many times do we see um, young children with potential that are just, their parents or the people around them, they just destroy them? Um, when... When I was watching Alan O'Neill, because I did watch that video and then go, oh, that'd be good to cover. Right. Whereas with 
how lucky the murderer covered it and then rewatched the video. Um, I was like, oh, the mum did it. Like, as horrible as that sounds, it's always a mum who's jealous of the fame that her daughter has because she wanted it and she made her daughter do it. Like, so she lived vicariously through Yeah, so she lived vicariously through it. And then they got successful and they were like, well, that was meant for me. Like, um, that's all the theories of John Benny Ramsey, isn't it? Yeah. Well, with John Benny Ramsey, it's just... Jesus. The theories about her mum being jealous because she was Benny a failed Ramsey. pageant star and then killed her. But it was the whole family was the that did it. It was the whole family that took part in that. I watched, um, is it Tom Harlock? He, he doesn't even do like true crime, but he randomly did it. And it's just so weird. Why did she have beaches? Jesus. I mean, I know why. She, uh, I mean, I don't know why I didn't do it. But. <laughs> well, no, I should hope that you don't know why. I also wasn't alive in like 1996. You <laughs> oh, well, we can't be friends then. I'm, I'm, you know... I was talking to Lizzie this morning, and I was... As you do? Yeah, as I do. And I was just talking about how, once they're over 40, I'm good to go. Mm. Yeah. I can back that. As truth, and also I can agree. Women over 40, just have... They're just my thing. I just need an older man. You get yourself an older man. I'll get myself an older woman. um, I'm making a collage on my wardrobe. Can I be in it? Like, I'll be the big, the big one. Of like, old men. Yeah. Jeff Globum. Um, Globum. I need to add him, but so right now I've got Sebastian Stan. Yeah. As Bucky, from Captain America. Tom Hiddleston mm. as Loki in Thor Ragnarok, and then just Tom Holland. So I've got 38, 40. 24. <laughs> it's a range of you older have, men. You have a larger range than I do. I have, a, like, older than me. The youngest um, of mine is probably 30-something, 35. The youngest of mine is probably... 22? That's pretty young. I know. Um, but I'm, I'm very it's really bad when it gets to a point my mum can agree with me on a crush. <laughs> like, it's really bad I'm, when they're I'm, that I'm old. I'm not so into older men as I am into older women. I have daddy issues, so... <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about my murder now. <laughs> Golden for it fuck me just... now. <laughs> whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa. It just cut out, but we're back and you're welcome for that from April. I'm going to talk about my murder before April says something else. Okay. I'm not into anal, don't worry, guys. <laughs> Good to know. Alright, Priscilla Biggerdike. <laughs> Priscilla Biggerdike. <laughs> Can you keep it together? I'm not even loving it that. I'm loving it Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Oh, bully. Alright. <laughs> Priscilla Biggerdike, whose maiden name was Wiley. She just kept Wiley. Was born in the village of Gedney in Lincolnshire in 1833. I always go way back, don't I? Mm -hmm. She married Richard Biggerdike in 1855. Ralph Boner. Oh wow! They lived in a two-room. I have something in my eye. A two-room cottage with their Caught three children and their <laughs> it is and their newborn baby. They also had two lodgers, a 30-year-old labourer named Thomas Proctor, mm. and a 20-year-old. No. That name sounds familiar. Goody Proctor. You thinking of the Crucible? I am. Thomas Proctor and a 21-year-old fisherman, George Ironmonger. So we got Bigger Dyke and Ironmonger. 
and Proctor. Isn't Iron Monger like yeah. a thing? Yeah. Um, there were two beds between the four adults. Am I boring you? I'm going to Iron Monger. No. There were two beds bef- between the four adults that were very close together in one room. Richard suspected his wife of having an affair with Proctor and that the new baby was actually his. Scandal! <laughs> When Richard challenged Priscilla, she said, well, it is mine, which, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I am Monger's an I Iron Man character. The baby's mine, though, so, like, does it matter? I know, it is a baby. That boy is mine. Wednesday 30th of September <laughs> rolled around, and Priscilla decided to bake some shortcake. How sweet. I love shortcake. Was it strawberry, though? Because, it doesn't say. Well, I'm we going to say, say it was strawberry, okay. and she was baking it for me. Yeah. Proctor and Iron Monger each had a piece, and they saved one for Richard. He got home from work around 6 p.m. Priscilla brewed some tea, put milk in a mug. Who puts the milk in first? I don't care about any crime anyone commits. That's the worst one. Um, I remember, you know the vamps? I do, yeah. I'm, I'm really into them. And <laughs> there's a video of, you know, like a sign-in? Yeah. So a girl runs up to the lead singer, Brad, my friend Brad, <laughs> and is like, why do you make tea wrong? And he's like, I, whoa, I whoa, don't whoa. make tea wrong. And she's like, the milk goes in first. And he's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. That's all I can think of when someone says the milk goes in first. <laughs> and he was very upset that he was told he'd make it wrong. So she did that and then she left it on the table for him, just the mug with the milk because she's a psycho. Um, when he My was... sister just drinks milk straight. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. No, so I don't. I don't drink milk. Period. I take my coffee black. I have my cereal with yogurt, and I just. I just stay away from milk. I can confirm. She can. Okay, Priscilla. Bru- I already read that. When he was ready, she poured the tea into the mug, and he drank it. Minutes after he consumed the tea, he became violently ill. Doctor Maxwell, good old Doctor Maxwell, was sent for, but Richard was. <laughs> Richard was deteriorating rapidly, and he died in agony at six a.m. the next morning. I woke up at six a.m. today. Did you? <laughs> there Don't you go. Give a shit. <laughs> the doctor suspected poisoning and ordered a postmortem, which revealed Richard's severe stomach inflammation. Um, he testified that the death had been caused by poisoning. Duh. So the coroner decided to send the stomach and its contents down to London for further analysis. Yeah, London, you can have Richard. Have a body. Stomach. Have a bigger dyke stomach. Oh, it's just a stomach. Yeah, it was just a stomach. Um, Yummy. Mm. Priscilla claimed that the death was Proctor's doing, remember Thomas Proctor, mm-hmm. um, and that she had seen him put the powder into Richard's tea and put a second dose into his medicine on mon- on Monday the 19th of October. Whoa, sorry, I left out a full stop and this sentence runs on. Um, into his medicine. On Monday the 19th of October, both Priscilla and Proctor were brought before magistrates and held in custody awaiting the results of the analysis of Richard's stomach that mm. they sent to London. It was reported mm. that Priscilla made a statement to the governor See, I'm um, respectful and I have my phone and do not disturb. Um, well, shush. <laughs> there was one and you just got subways over, just sent me a message. Um, <laughs> um, oh yeah. So they got his stomach back? No, they didn't. It was. But you just said that. No, no, I didn't. It was reported that she said something to the governor, that's what I said. Okay. Um, in the question how she's been held in, where she said that basically it was her, she had killed him. Um, but she'd also implicated Proctor. Because of this, she was arrested and charged with the murder. Just say you're on your period and you'll get away with it, darling. <laughs> the inquest was held on Friday, 23rd of October at the Rose and Crown Inn before Walter Clegg, the coroner, around 11am. Professor Taylor of Guy's Hospital in London was present and testified that he received the jars from Superintendent Wright with the stomach contents of Richard Biggerdyke. <laughs> he said that Richard... Are you just going to laugh every time you say his <laughs> <Yeah>. name? <laughs> he said that Richard had, without a doubt, been poisoned with arsenic. Um, both of them were committed for trial at the Lincolnshire Winter 
sizes? Uh, however, Mr. Justice Files recommended that the case against Proctor just be dismissed since it was based solely on Priscilla's accusations. Accusations. So Priscilla's I don't know why we have a podcast. I don't we know. Can't we can't talk. We shouldn't have one. So Patri- Patricia? No. Pris- Priscilla. Priscilla. It's Priscilla. April. So Priscilla's the trial alone in You're December 1868. I know. Oh, it might not have been 18. Whatever. <laughs> it lasted Say. seven hours. Mr. Bristow led the prosecution and laid out all the evidence against her, which is his job, so. Um, various witnesses I should hope testified. he did his job. <laughs> various witnesses testified. And James Turner told the court that Richard had been in, he was fine. He'd been in good health when he was at work on the 30th of September, the day he was poisoned. The jury heard the evidence and Proctor testified that he had not poisoned Richard. I didn't do it! It wasn't me! It wasn't me. <laughs> it was you, um, He did do it, though. He was on the bedroom floor. Okay. Um, a witness, Eliza Fenwick, told the court that she... I thought you were going to say love, and I was like, Jesus, how old is she? <laughs> she told Priscilla that a mouse problem... <laughs> She told Priscilla that a mouse problem is what I wrote. She told Priscilla she had a mouse problem, and Priscilla had offered some little white mercury to kill the mice, but Fenwick's husband said he didn't want any of that in the house. Did I just kill you? <laughs> this is the story of my murder of April. She just goes up to Priscilla. Mouse <laughs> problem. <laughs> if you ever see me in the streets, just come up to me and say, mouse, mouse problem. problem. <laughs> so... We should um, sell t-shirts that just say mouse, mouse problem. problem. <laughs> Priscilla's defence was led by Mr. Lawrence, who did try his best to get her off. Um, oh, did he now? Yeah. He asked the jury to consider the possibility of Richard putting the poison in his own drink, even accidentally, because he was illiterate and didn't read the label. Um, oh, poor he baby. Was, he was just desperately looking for a way to sway the jury, mm. which is also you know, his job. His job. The judge took an hour to sum up the evidence, and in the end, the jury was sure of Priscilla's guilt. Priscilla Biggerdyke was found guilty of murder of... No. Priscilla Biggerdyke. <laughs> she wasn't found guilty of murder. He just said she did it, but, ah, uh, you can go. Um, so she was found guilty of his murder, yeah, and sentenced to death by hanging. The judge said... This is what this is a quote from the judge. Priscilla Biggerdyke. I won't read it in a voice. Although the evidence against you is only circumstantial, yet more satisfactory and conclusive evidence I've never heard in my life... You must now prepare for your impending fate by attending to the religious instruction you will receive, to which, if you had given heed before, you would never have stood in your present unhappy position. The sentence of the court is that you will be taken to the place from whence you came, and thence to the place of execution, there to be hanged from the neck until you be dead. And may the Lord said, until until you be be dead. dead. And may the Lord have mercy upon your soul, your body to be buried in the precincts of the prison. No, do not have mercy. So basically, you're going to die, babe. That's what he was saying. Oh, the execution babes, was set. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Sorry, babes. I've got to kill you. The execution was set for 9 a.m. on Monday, the 28th of December, 1868. Once again, might be wrong. Uh, it might was, be 1968. <laughs> it might have been yesterday. I'm not it sure. It could have been, like, this morning. <laughs> the gallows were 200 years from the main... Yes. Yards. <laughs> <laughs> 200 years. <laughs> The gallows are 200 yards. 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 From the main prison. Thomas Askin of York was the hangman. At 8.45, Priscilla was taken... A.M. Priscilla was taken to her death. She apparently moaned a ton and didn't take much notice of the chaplain reading last rites. Um, And she said to one of the wardens that was taking her, I hope my troubles are ended. And then asked, shall we be much longer? To which she replied, no, not much. 
Before the hanging, the chaplain said to Priscilla, another quote, <clears throat> I spent half an hour with you this morning in endeavour... No. Yeah. I spent half an hour with you this morning in endeavouring to impress upon you a proper sense of your condition, for you're about to pass from this world into another and to stand before God, to whom the secrets of all hearts are known. I implore you not to pass away without confessing your sins. She's not passing away, you're killing her. Without confessing all your sins, not only generally, but especially this particular case for which you are about to suffer. I had hoped that you would have made that confession and thus have enabled me as a minister of Christ to have pronounced the forgiveness of your sins. It is grieving much to find that you're still... It is grieving much to find that you still persist in the declaration, that you are not accountable for your husband's death, that you still say you did not administer the poison yourself, that you did not see any other person administer it, and that you are entirely free from the crime. Do you say so now? And she said, yeah. And then he said, There is only one hope left, that you have endeavoured to confess your sins to God, though you will not to your fellow creatures. Creatures? Mm. Mm. All I can say now is that I leave you in the hands of God, and may he have mercy on your soul. <laughs> what a satisfaction it would be to your children, to your friends, and to your relations to know that you had passed from death into life in the, in the full persuasion that your sins were forgiven. I am sorry that I cannot exercise that authority at the present moment. So basically, she didn't get forgiveness. Yeah. After ascending the steps to the flat platform, platform, she said, Surely my troubles are over, and shame on you. You are not going to hang me. But He, he, he did he, hang her. <clears throat> He placed the knot under her chin instead of at the back or the side of her neck, and he released the trap. She dropped a few inches, struggling for more than three minutes, and then the, the black flag was raised to, um, to show the crowd of a hundred people that Priscilla was now dead. An inquest was held after the execution, and the jury reviewed Priscilla's body and determined that the execution was up to standard, and they were happy with how it was carried out. Bitches. I wrote bitches. <laughs> Priscilla was buried in Lucy Tower, and her grave was marked with a simple stone saying PB, and the date of her death. Thomas Proctor died in 1882 and on his deathbed confessed that he was actually the one that poisoned Richard Bigadike. Yeah! But was that true? Yeah, he did. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't. I, I know, I don't know why I asked that, but like... She definitely did not make that statement to the governor when she was in prison. She wasn't just like, yeah, no, it was me. It was me. It was me. It was me. True. It was me. She wouldn't, she didn't. She didn't do it. It was Thomas. Why did he kill her? I know that sounds like really stupid, but like, what are the well, motives? I think they Baby, probably, tell me what's your motive. for maybe Richard was. I think Richard was right. Priscilla had an affair with Thomas. The baby was Thomas's. Thomas was jealous, killed Richard, didn't go well, and then was like, oh shit, fuck shit, and was like, I'm not going to jail for this shit. I was just doing what I thought was mm. best for me because I don't think about other people. I'm just gonna. Because I'm a selfish man. Yeah, it was all Priscilla. I had nothing to do with it. And then when he was dying, he's like, oh, you know, I have to confess to all my sins. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just say it. And then, yeah. Hold on. I'm cold. I'm gonna put my jacket on. So, um, that was today's murders. That what was else? that. What else do you want to talk about, lady? Um, I need to. Do I need to pee? No. We can just. Um, because we didn't do like a full on like intro where we're like how was your day what have you been up to do we need to yeah oh it's cold and i want to go look at the bloopers because i missed them well we can well it's literally 20 i think this 10. is the quickest one we've ever done exactly so we may as well yeah all right um so yeah i i hope you guys enjoyed 
my murder i enjoyed my murder but usually i do um i like the disturbing ones where it's yeah. like whoa whoa if you look at the ones i've done this one's <laughs> not quite disturbing but i think i out i think i had enough disturbing with the hello kitty mm. murder oh, yeah yeah um, yours is quite disturbing mm. but yeah i usually like the ones where i say like, whoa jesus he wore his skin but um this one's just more infuriating than yeah. disturbing. So. he murdered two people then Technically. Technically, yeah. In the eyes of God. <laughs> I don't believe in God. Me either. Sorry if you do. Sorry if you do. If you do, it's fine. Sorry but... if you do. Oh, April says it's fine, so it's okay. Don't w- <laughs> I know you were worried for a sec there, but April said it's fine. So don't worry about it. We made a TikTok this morning. Shall I see if anyone's even noticed it yet? <laughs> I had a massive um, Twitter... Oh, not massive. I had a Twitter argument. Oh, yeah, you were going to tell me, and then... Oh, did you tell me? No, I didn't. Um, so I had a Twitter argument. And basically, I really like Marvel. We know. <laughs> I've never meant... I've, I've, well, I fucking know. I've barely mentioned it on the podcast, so I don't think. Do you mind? Sorry, go on. It was Alicia's TikTok. <sighs> well, that's okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so over the... I think over, like, the weekend... I got added into like a Marvel like group chat. You should promote the podcast on Twitter. Because um, I have a Marvel fan account. Um, and there's this guy in it, and he was like, mm, Captain Marvel's really cocky. Like, she just came out of nowhere in Endgame and was really cocky. And we were like, Yeah, but like, um, Tony Stark is cocky. Ooh. And he's a man and you're okay with that. And he's like, well, Tony has a reason to be. A penis. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark has a dick. So Carol Danvers has a vagina. So we were like, you just don't like seeing confident women. Yeah, powerful women. And he's like, rrr, rrr, and I told him to like, I was like, get laid. Ah! And then, I don't know if this was like a troll or not, because he was looking at his account and it wasn't there before. But then like his um, bio had like 13 and I was like, maybe don't get laid. Maybe don't do that. Maybe um, don't do that. But I was like, being a 13-year-old... Just watch a fucking documentary. so much sense. But they had like, they, them, 13. But I don't think they were like non-binary. Or like, I don't think they actually went by those pronouns. So I don't know if they were like a troll account or something. Wait, how do you know? Because he was like, he, boy. And like, he was like... Right, so... Do you know what I mean? Like, he... Said his Like, pronouns. he used, like, his own, like, he, him pronouns. Right, okay. So. So. But yeah, uh, people just don't like seeing confident women. Oh, um... George just said a, um, thing of Jane Fonda. What? <laughs> All I heard was... <laughs> Sometimes I don't actually move my mouth, and that's why I'm really confused as to why I decided to do a podcast. <laughs> because when I speak... I just kind of don't mouth a bit. I kind of just do this. Yeah. You, do you have to know me for a while to know what I'm talking about. I've just got really bad hearing anyway. Um, April tried to kiss me again the other day. I'm telling everyone. I'm outing you. I liked it. I'd do it for real. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this is very gay. This is so gay. Don't listen to this if you don't like gay. If you, well, oh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> don't listen to this if you're not gay, even if you're an ally. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you're a struggle, off you get. Girls, gays, and theys, 
only. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, just us, isn't it? We have to go before we offend people. Okay, bye. Bye. Stand confident, women. Woo! First one back, baby.